other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Side of Midnight presents What you're about to hear is not a news broadcast. Perhaps you can help solve a mystery. This is the Murano Mystery. The mystery of John F. Kennedy Jr. Well, that is going to be explored. In a new documentary, we're going to tell you how you can watch that in uh, just a moment. But uh, the gentleman who uh, knows a thing or two about this uh, is uh, a guy that follows history very closely, loves to talk about history, loves to explore history and ask questions about it. And that's Dustin Bass. He's an author and the co-host of the Sons of History podcast and someone who is presenting this new documentary on John F. Kennedy Jr. Dustin, we, uh, we, we thought you were missing at sea yesterday. Yesterday, when we tried to track you down, we're glad we found you. Hey, man. Uh, yeah. God bless you, man. You're a gentleman and a scholar for uh, having me on twice in a row. I uh, I missed the first time. All good. All good. So, uh, Dustin, if people are not familiar with the Sons of History podcast, what exactly is it? Well, the Sons of History podcast is uh, just me and a friend of mine. We've been doing it for a few years now, and we uh, we... We just do a, a podcast on historical topics, typically about Western civilization, primarily uh, American history. Um, and a lot of times, more often than not, we have a guest on, either a historian or uh, a historical author, uh, somebody on the show to talk about something in particular. It really ranges from ancient Greece to modern day, so... It's terrific. I heard a couple episodes this week, and uh, maybe we can have you and your co-host on soon as we uh, you because you do run the gamut of all the issues that you talk about. So, so that's great. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you what you're doing with this John F. Kennedy Jr. documentary. This is sort of an intro for how the documentary begins, and I believe, and you'll you'll give us the details in a second. But I believe this is uh, produced or at least put on by the Epoch Times. This is how the documentary begins. Quickly, if I can ask you to. Standby. We just want to update viewers on exactly what is going on. Right now we have the FAA, the Air National Guard, and the Coast Guard searching for the plane of John F. Kennedy Jr., single-engine Piper Saratoga. It happened the summer before my senior year of high school. JFK Jr.'s plane crashed into the Atlantic along with his wife and sister-in-law. Now there have been three theories surrounding the tragedy. Assassination, accident, or suicide. But I think it was something altogether different. The three theories leave far too many questions unanswered. So, as Alice once said, Curiosity often leads to trouble. So let's get into a little trouble, shall we? So that is quite a tease there. It's very captivating. Tell us about this documentary, Dustin. What is this? Who made it? What was your role? Well, I, I made it. Um, just me and a, a camera and, and a microphone and a bunch of research. A cousin of mine asked me, uh, I guess it's probably about a year ago, he was like, hey, uh, have you ever looked into the JFK Jr. crash? And I was like, uh, well, I remember when it happened because my dad, he told me, he just came up to me. He's like, yep, they finally got him. And I had really no idea what he was talking about. Um, but I started looking into it. And I uh, started doing some research because there were just some weird stuff, like just 
illogical things and uh, just stuff that just didn't add up. So I started looking into it more and more. So, yeah, I mean, I pretty much just recorded and produced it myself, pitched it to the uh, Epic Times, uh, their streaming platform, Epic TV, which I've done a show for them before. And I do a lot of writing for them as well. So I already had sort of a, a shoe in mm-hmm. there. And, uh, yeah, they, they liked it and said that they would stream it, produce it. All right, so let's talk about the the first theory you allude to in that introduction there, and uh, the one that I think is the most popular among people, which is the theory of an accident. Uh, a lot of people have said, including a lot of pilots, that um, you know he was not necessarily the most experienced pilot in the world. Would have been uh, relatively easy for someone like that to get into an accident and have a plane crash. How do you evaluate that theory, the theory that it was an accident? I think of those theories as far as like a suicide assassination or it's just an accident. I think the accident probably stands up the best among the three. Um, The NTSB, the National Transportation Safety Board, their report called it um, an accident based on spatial disorientation. Uh, More or less, JFK Jr. just lost more or less his bearings on where he was and more or less just dove right into the Atlantic Ocean. Um, And yes, his experience level, um, the NTSB had sort of assumed, okay, here's how many hours he had. He had about 300, 310 hours of flight experience. Um, There were 72 hours that were without a certified flight instructor and 55 were at night. Um, So yeah, I mean, you look at it and you're like, okay, Spatial disorientation. He wasn't that experienced. It was at night. There was no visible horizon. He just had no idea what he was doing. And it's a tragedy. Um, And there's another part of that story. And I think maybe you've heard it. I know a lot of us have that, oh, the weather was really bad that night. And that's just not true. Uh, The weather was fine. The only thing that was um, tough about the weather was that it was night. Um, the visibility was fine, six to 10 mile visibility, um, even when getting close to Martha's Vineyard, uh, which was where the accident took place, uh, about seven miles off of Martha's Vineyard, it was about two to five miles uh, visibility. So, yeah, I mean, that's probably the best one that, that stands up. I just don't think that it does. Hmm. Uh, so let's talk about another theory you referenced, the theory of a suicide. The people that, that put forward this theory, why do they think uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. may have wanted to kill himself? You know, I, it's one of those things where thinking of it being a suicide, he had really no reason to commit suicide. I just I think that that's one of those things that people people throw out there as a possibility. I sort of toss it out. You know, out of hand, because one, if he's going to commit suicide, commit suicide by yourself. Don't sure. have your wife and sister-in-law. In sure. So I don't I don't hold uh, I don't hold the assassination idea with with a grain, any even a grain of salt. OK, the you, you're saying you, you don't hold the suicide idea or the assassination idea without a grain of salt. Yeah, I don't the the uh, the suicide. Okay. I don't believe that one. So, it. how about um, the assassination theory? The people that put forward that theory, why do they think that's a possibility? Well, one, uh, he was starting to get into politics. Uh, he was really interested in, in getting into politics. He had, I think, this was in '97. Um, 
he was looking into possibly getting in, running for the Senate seat uh, that was going to be vacated by Patrick Moynihan. Um, and obviously Hillary Clinton was going to be mm. running for the Senate seat as well. Um, and so you have this whole and I, I pull out the whole idea of, you know, the, the Bushes and the Clintons. Um, there's the, the famous memo, the J. Edgar Hoover, JFK memo, where George Bush is mentioned of him being in Dallas during the JFK assassination. Um, and then you have um, Hillary Clinton, Clinton wanting to run for the Senate. He's looking into running for the Senate as well. Um, and what would he end up doing um, after becoming a senator? Obviously, with his name, his fame, um, he would eventually run for president. And so I just sort of line that up with there were the powers that be that obviously did not want him running for office because of the inevitable. The inevitable of being the Senate seat would be just a stepping stone to the presidency, which would inevitably open up the JFK assassination case all over again. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, So um, while you say you you think the accident theory is the most likely, it doesn't sound like you completely rule out the assassination theory. Right. Yeah. I mean, because. It just there is the powers that be, the power plays, the the whole politics, the the Bushes and the Clintons. Um, And I'm not trying to beat up on the Bushes and the Clintons, but there are just certain things that, you know, when people are in power and it was Bush to Clinton to Bush and inevitably it was going to be Hillary Clinton. um, When you start screwing around with other people's power at that level, you never know what, what could take place. And what evidence is out there to potentially support the theory, other than the kind of the circumstantial uh, evidence that you just laid out? Is there any actual evidence, any uh, any whistleblowers, any physical evidence, any other circumstantial evidence that suggest that he might have been assassinated? Well, I think there was, as far as, I don't think there is any hardcore evidence on that. I know George Irvin was on the Fatal Voyage podcast, and he had made a mention on the show that JFK Jr. had had a conversation with him um, that there were some people who did not want him running for office, um, some powerful people. So you can sort of leave it at there. Ultimately, it is a bit of conjecture, and I don't really follow uh, sort of that rabbit hole in the documentary. Let me ask you, and I don't believe this is something that you get into in the documentary, but since a caller brought it up yesterday, I want to ask you about it anyway, because I think there are some folks, maybe more than you might think, that do subscribe to this. Uh, This was a caller, Caroline in Ohio, who called me just about 24 hours ago. On JFK Jr., there's a theory now that he's still alive, and I was interested in maybe other people had heard that theory and what they think about it. Uh, There is a corner of the world, uh, namely the QAnon corner of the world, that believes that John F. Kennedy Jr. is still alive. Is that something, either in preparation for this documentary or aside from this, is that something that you've looked into at all? Well, before I got started, that was uh, something that I had heard. Um, Yeah, I mean, 
you had heard about the QAnon and people saying, you know, JFK is still alive and, oh, there he is. There's the guy um, in the background at a Trump rally and stuff. Um, so I had heard about that. I didn't really pay much attention to it. Um, but like I said, when my cousin said, hey, have you looked into the JFK Jr. crash? Um, I said, no. And then one of the first things I come across is the Navy, uh, when they had uh, got him to the, the Atlantic and was, was searching for the plane, um, and they had found the bodies and they had found the plane. And then all of a sudden they decide, let's just destroy all of the videotapes. This is what, four or 12, four hour uh, videotapes is about 48 hours worth of, of videotape. Um, and then all of the photography uh, was all destroyed. That was one of the first things that stood out to me. So wh- um, why, if it was an accident, why would mm-hmm. there have been an attempt to cover up a portion of the investigation? Why would they have an interest in um, deleting some of this video? Why not put it all out there? What are they hiding? Well, the Navy said they were doing that out of respect for both of the families, which just flies in the face of, of common sense. You don't destroy all evidence, especially when you never had an autopsy. All you had was a medical examination. And here's the thing, Frank, you have an autopsy to figure out, okay, is this actually the person who we think it is when their bodies are really unidentifiable? And you have to think July 16th was when the crash took place. Their bodies weren't discovered until the 21st. So five days in the ocean, in water that was almost 10 degrees hotter than necessary to keep your, keep your body, um, it, it, the, the water has to keep, has to be about 42 degrees or 44 degrees, and it was like 52 degrees. Um, and then they had also been hit um, with, there was one there was one research, uh, the Chicago Tribune had, had quoted that they had been hit with what was about uh, two pounds of TNT, equivalent to about two pounds of TNT. So if your body and everything and face is destroyed and you're under the water for five days decomposing, um, you're probably not going to be recognizable. So and a medical examination was done. These Reports. These medical examination reports are typically about 15 to 20 pages long, and that's for just one death. There were three deaths, and altogether the, the report was one page long. Um, and just a, a lot of things that just didn't add up. So my, my theory on this is that it was a staged death. Um, and that, I don't know if you want to add – yeah, please. please. No, no, no. Go ahead, please. Uh, I explain to us why. What's the what's the benefit to whomever's doing the staging? Okay, so the reason being that JFK Jr. would have wanted to stage his death is okay. Maybe he had gotten in too deep politically. Um, the powers that be that had taken out his father um, had were, were still around. And we're threatening to take him out. I sort of, I don't really start there on the documentary. I more or less 
end there. What I end up doing on the documentary is lining up all the things that don't make any sense. Uh, for one, the logbook. Um, his first logbook was from 1982 to 1998. His second one was never found. Um, of his 310 hours um, that was that was put together as far as his, his flight experience, you know, like I said, only a little bit was at night. Um, and then he had 36 hours of flight experience in his new plane and night experience at nine and a half hours. And he had only had 40 minutes of doing something he would have re re would have been required to do twice in one night. And that's land his plane at night. So he was going to have to land his plane twice at night. So before he left the airport, um, he was going to arrive in Martha's Vineyard around 5.30 or 6 p.m., which would have been well before sunset. Um, they ended up running late, and they are leaving 25 minutes after sunset. So, one, JFK Jr. said he wanted to do this flight by himself, and he was going to have to fly and land twice at night, which he had very minimal experience. And I just questioned, like, why is it that he would tell the CFI, no, I want to do it by myself. His wife and sister-in-law would be okay with that. Um, he had just suffered an injury, a broken ankle. Um, he would have to land and put a lot of pressure on that ankle to land. Um, let's see. I mean, you had, when he was, when he was flying, um, there the communication, the frequency on his radio was off by one digit, which meant that nobody could contact him. Um, the, the control towers were not able to contact him. Um, but this wasn't because of the, um, this wasn't because of the crash that it was off by one digit. This was on purpose during the flight, uh, the control tower and a commercial airliner uh, where a commercial airliner was about to crash into JFK Jr.'s plane, and they had to speak with the control tower in order to avoid JFK Jr.'s um, plane. Um, he had plenty of experience with that leg of the flight from uh, Essex County Airport to Martha's Vineyard Airport. In about 15 months, uh, he had flown it about 35 times. Um, and seven, about half of those times he had done it without a CFI. So he had plenty, he had plenty of experience on this flight. He knew exactly where he would be, um, during the, during the flight at specific points in time. Um, his autopilot was disengaged, purposely disengaged. And here was an interesting thing that, that stood out to me was he turns off the autopilot and the plane descends from 5,500 feet to 2,200 feet. And the NTSB report just stated that there was absolutely no reason for him to make that descent. And then he ascended to another 2,600 feet. Um, let's see. Um, the rescue beacon on his, on his plane, uh, that was off. Uh, it was either purposely disengaged or it 
just wasn't going off because it was submerged under the ocean. But the interesting thing is, is that rescue beacon automatically goes off if you are under 200 feet, mm-hmm. unless you're about to approach the tarmac. So all of these things, he had, he had turned off uh, the, the beacon. Um, he had turned off the transponder. He had turned off the autopilot. He had done all these things purposely in order to avoid detection. Um, and then once, once the crash happened, you had the Navy, the Air Force, uh, the Coast Guard in on the search uh, for private citizens. These were not military members. Um, I remember Bill Clinton, you know, got was given a hard time uh, for all of that. But he was like, hey, we're looking for the Kennedys um, and who 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 identified the bodies, the Kennedys, mm. uh, Edward Kennedy and his son. So, uh, Dustin, we, we do have to go. Uh, but oh, two quick things. One, I want you to tell people how they can watch the documentary. And two, uh, just explain. So you believe that he tried to stage his own death and then and then died in the course of trying to stage his own death? Do I have the, the overall theory of the documentary down? No. My theory on this, and I, this is strictly a theory, but in order to, and this is um, the American Parachute Association, 5,500 feet is, is the, the, the height for inexperienced skydivers. And 2,500 feet is for experienced skydivers. And the aft of the cabin, and this Saratoga... And then, um, and we do have to go, uh, Dustin. We're yeah. run real late. Um, uh, but just, so if you can just, in, the net, in 20 seconds, just wrap, wrap that up. I think they, they jumped out. I think that uh-huh. he had his, his wife and sister-in-law jump out at 5,500 feet. And then you see that descent to 2,600 feet. He jumps out. And you're over the ocean. There's no chance of hitting anybody. And obviously the plane does its death spiral. And there you have it. And how do people watch the documentary? Uh, They can go to the uh, Epic TV and they can uh, or they can just follow me on the Sons of History at Sons of History on Twitter. And those links will be up. Dustin Bass, uh, yeah. uh, thank you very much. Check out the documentary. It certainly gives you a lot to think about. If you want to comment, you can do so. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight.